Welcome to episode three of We're Not Experts. This episode's titled Field of Dreams. I'm Emily. I'm Bill. Today we're talking about how to build your dating pipeline. Talking about who you should date or who we think you should date. Uh, narrowing the field. Coming down to the DTRT. And then we have a funny listener story for the end. So, building the pipeline. So when we met how many people do you think you had in the pipeline i don't really think that's relevant (laughs) also i don't i object to this whole idea of building a pipeline in general i don't think it's really relevant (laughs) (laughs) so by a pipeline i always think of it as um for work i'm a executive recruiter and for our searches we build a pipeline of candidates and the clients always want more candidates more candidates more candidates so they can narrow in on the candidate, which is pretty similar to dating. And there are a few of us at my work that were single at the same time, and we always referred to our dating as the pipeline. <laughs> What's going on with the pipeline? Who's in the pipeline? Is it, do we have backup candidates? Um, that's why, I don't know, that's what I always think of it as. I like my, my friend's boyfriend. Uh, uh, he had apparently like a sports bracket for the women. <laughs> So pros and cons of yeah, <laughs> who is higher in the in the uh, list? That's awesome. We had a I had a spreadsheet that was used that was pretty amusing. Um, did you keep track of anything in any way, or just just freewheel it? <laughs> you know me, I'm a free, I'm a freewheeler. <laughs> I I just think trying to worry about like how many people doing this, doing that. I just think that stuff solves itself and. For me, it was less about how many people were in my pipeline. Is I wanted to go out a couple times a week, and it's as simple as that. And if I didn't have anybody that I wanted to see regularly, I would go out more frequently. So you know, sometimes I'd go out four times a week. Well, I just think you find who you want to spend some time with. Sure. Is that four new people a week usually? Yeah. Oh, it could be. That's a lot of people. <laughs> well, what's the downside? I mean, it's just a drink. You. you That's know, true. I think I would be, as someone that's really introverted, like I had to psych myself up a lot to go out like once a week and I just can't imagine, maybe it would get better if I went out way more, but it was just like a lot of stress to get ready for like going out once for drinks and I can't imagine trying to do it like three times that. That didn't that didn't bother me, but there is like, when you hang out with too many different people, there's a tendency to, I, I didn't get them confused, but um, I think you you lose track of the people uh sort of their who they are mm-hmm. and it's easy to just gloss over one person who might be perfectly fine uh but you don't really give them a shot because the first the first meet wasn't great so generally for me if the first date wasn't a mess i would usually go out with them a second time cuz it's hard to get a sense like some people like the biggest thing for me is if they're funny Mm-hmm. And you can't always tell on the first date people get nervous or whatever. And uh, so I, don't, I just don't think that's a very good litmus. 
Yeah. Whereas I gave people about five minutes to prove their words and then they were out of there. I don't think I went on maybe two. I maybe went on like two second dates where I was kind of iffy about somebody, but there had to be a significant amount there for me to do it, for me to go out with somebody again. I think in a lot of ways I had an easier time just calling it immediately, which is good and bad, I suppose. But I don't know. I think if there's not enough there that you're really excited pretty immediately, it's probably never going to be there. Or that's what I found. I don't know. Yeah, it hasn't exactly been the same way for me. Um, there's a there's a couple touch points that, for me, I, I they're not deal breakers, but they're the ones that I look for to see if it seems like a good connection. And some of them take a little while longer to get to than just a first date would would allow in a lot of cases. So, how about you? How many how many were in your pipeline? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I think I had similarly, I had a hard time kind of not keeping people straight. I think I would mostly remember people. But I think I just couldn't juggle seeing multiple people multiple times at a time, if that makes any sense. Like, I would go on a ton of first dates that didn't go anywhere. They didn't turn into second dates. But I wouldn't necessarily go on a second date with someone while I was also planning a second date with somebody else. I think... If I'd like somebody enough on a first date to see them again, I would just move to just seeing them exclusively until they prove to be kind of worthy or not. Yeah, it's like the opposite of how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think both work. I think it's mostly personal preference. And I think like I don't like spreading myself. I feel like I'm spreading myself too thin and uh, I'm not, I don't know, not necessarily not paying enough attention, but just not putting enough kind of time into um if I need to see somebody once and then I want to see them again if I see somebody else once the next day I get kind of muddled in my feelings I don't know so how many guys were there in your pipeline (laughs) I think the last count on the spreadsheet was like eight at the same time no those are all kind of staggered that was your whole Entire that was pipeline. the whole pipeline. Man, that's a pretty small pipeline. <laughs> yeah, for my whole search. Hmm. I don't know. And there were people, we talked a lot about it uh, with friends and stuff, and there was, there's people that do really well to see, you know, see somebody on a Friday night, see somebody Saturday for coffee, see someone Saturday night for drinks, see someone Sunday morning for brunch. Um, but I just don't have the, I guess, like mental capacity to do that. And yeah. I didn't find like I was able to kind of I don't know be like on enough to do that like I was just too tired I think I've had almost as many dates in a week as you had total yeah probably yeah because I, I don't know I was somewhere somewhere around a hundred different people that's that it. I went out with yeah that's yeah. pretty wild it, I, I'm not exactly sure of the number but it just adds up you know you go out four times a week and shazam three years later or yeah. whatever two years later yeah, it's it adds up. <clears throat> but I mean it it's a little tricky. I used to say that I'm really good at online dating if you take out uh the goal of finding a girlfriend. <laughs> 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 because I have fun, I get along with everybody, all the good stuff's happening, but for me when we met, I was having a really hard time. I was wondering maybe maybe I'm giving everybody too much of a chance, maybe I'm not giving them enough of a chance. <laughs> because there wasn't any way that I really felt like yes this 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 feels right and uh that 
that gets that gets tricky and i think the solution for me was just to keep looking for somebody that was the same kind of weird as me or um compatibly weird yeah i'd say we're compatibly weird congrats thank you (laughs) and i think that um i think a lot of people try really hard to find the perfect person and they have an idea of what that person looks like and you're always going to have to make concessions when you're looking for that person but I think one thing that a lot of people do and I hear a lot of my friends do that's kind of disparaging is uh, or discouraging is they'll kind of settle on somebody that even when they're talking about them initially they're like well I don't know and then they're like yeah I'm still seeing that guy yeah I'm bringing that guy to the Christmas party and it's for me like I don't like to waste my time doing anything I don't want to do or seeing anybody I don't want to see or just generally doing things that are against my grain. Um, so I don't particularly agree or understand that. I do think like after a while, like what you said, I think is really true. You're wondering, is it me? Am I too much? Am I not enough? Are there not enough people in this town? Do I need to move? Like it just becomes this big internal struggle of what do I do to make this stop? (laughs) I just expanded my search. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's part of what I found to be helpful um, is thinking about who you want to date. And I think for me, one of the things I try not to limit is uh, I have like a set of things that I'm looking for in a partner and they're not really, it's it's a really wide range of traits and I know I'm not going to get all of them. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people get into trouble having like basically a checklist of if you don't have these core traits, you, you cannot move forward. Um, there's a great book by Amy Webb called Data, A Love Story that I read. And basically what Amy did was she had kind of a background in um, statistics and data. And she decided she'd been on all these bad dates and she decided to p- figure out an algorithm for how to find her perfect mate so that she only had to go on one more date. Um, and I won't spoil what happens, but check out the book Data, a Love Story by Amy Webb. But one thing she did that I thought was cool is she listed out all these things that she was interested in finding. So it was like someone that's funny and that had kind of a definition of what she what kind of humor she liked, you know, somebody that likes this kind of music, someone that likes this, someone that likes that. But it just got into like, it was like 80 things. It was just ridiculous. And I think a lot of people have, I think, and I think it gets worse the longer you date, the longer that list gets of like, oh, I ran into this and I really don't like it. No, this person's got to be like this. And I don't know, it just gets so much ridiculous. that. That, that, That whole thing of this checklist that people need to have, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me because if the only reason you're not going to date somebody is because they're not, they don't have long hair or whether or not they're blonde, it, it, it seems silly to me. And I mean, for me, what I find is I don't even always know what I want myself. Right. And I think I, I think I told you when, when I was married, like I didn't, I didn't like to snuggle. Wasn't a snuggler. And, uh, in talking about sleeping, and then I dated a girl who was like really into snuggling, like so much would sleep on top of me. And at first it was very claustrophobic that it was like, oh, this isn't so bad. Turns out I like to snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> who knew? And I think there's other things like that for me. So f- for me, I do have my deal breakers. I mean, it's simple things like uh, I need a partner to be- who can support themselves because I don't want to be in a relationship again where I'm the, the sole supporter. Yeah. Not because... Uh, 
I think there's so much of that that goes into your identity of feeling that that you're independent and you're not dependent on somebody else to provide a total income. And there's value that comes from careers and things like that. That, but but also when you just have conversations with somebody, if you're if you're saying home all day long, your worldview can get very narrow, and it makes you come home and there's can be a struggle to find things to talk about. So, for me, I want somebody that is self-sufficient mm-hmm. but then you know some of my other litmuses are whether or not uh when i start to get more serious and and for me i i have kind of a a general guideline of if i'm having a good time with somebody it's fine to have a good time with them and to hang out with them and i don't try to think about it too hard for about three months and usually when i'm first dating somebody i don't see them more than like once or twice a week and so three months doesn't end up being that long. And and then I then I make a decision of whether or not that person's really compatible for me. But I try not to put too much too much thought into it because you, you don't really ever know hundred percent. And so I like to just have have fun and just be easy about it and, and those things kind of work themselves out. But as I as I move along, um, I wanna I wanna feel like that person that I'm with that when I'm 80, I like to imagine that we're going to be able, we're not going to be the couple that sits down in the restaurant and doesn't have anything to say to each other. That's what I don't want. I'll have things to say to you. Oh, I have no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I tend to think of, of like deal breakers. Yeah. Um, especially like if they're, if somebody's too negative when I go out, like they, or anything that, that, that smells of victim complex. Uh, I can't solve my own problems because everybody else is against me. These sure. are deal breakers for me. Sure. Um, and I think I think some of those are super ingrained from previous relationships. I think a lot of those are based on kind of how we grew up and where we grew up, that there are cultural differences with people. Um, and I think that some of those are flexible. I think uh, when I was online dating, I said no to everyone that had kids and you have a kid. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think, like, that was something for me that I just had never dated anyone with a kid, and I didn't really want to think about it or deal with it. So if people talked about their kids and their profile, I would automatically say no. It was, like, the easiest swipe left if someone had a picture with their kid and didn't immediately say, that's my nephew, that's my niece. And I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Oh, so if I had said I have a kid, you would have swiped the other yeah, way? we would not be here. See, I think that's an excellent example of we make these lists. Right. And the lists are bullshit. Yeah. And then, yeah, because we, so he didn't mention he had a kid and probably, I don't know, about an hour in, you were like, oh yeah, I have a kid. And I was like, what? And you're like, I'm old. I got a kid. Everyone's got a kid. And I was like, no, 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 no. But it was kind of like, I'd already been chatting with you. I thought you were pretty funny. And I was like, well, I don't know. I like kids. Like, why, why did I always say no to everybody? It was this weird watershed moment of like, oh, I see. But I remember there's a difference, I think, too, in... Um, there's, I think of it as like a three-tiered system of those kind of big... I can't wait to hear this three-tiered yes. system. These big Is there lists. some sort of a diagram we could uh, put in the show I'll, notes? Yes, I'll attach, <laughs> I'll attach my diagram in the show notes. Um, so I think that there's listing things on your profile that are big things, um, kind of what you choose to put. And especially on Tinder and Bumble, 
which are super, super short profiles. So if you choose to something, put something in there about your lifestyle or about your family situation or whatever, like those are big things and those are things people will read immediately. So that's tier one. Tier two is you mention it within the first couple hours of chatting or just eventually while you're chatting with someone, which is what you did. And then tier three is just like blurting things out in person. So a good example of this is I went on a date with someone. Um, it was my first date back on Bumble and Tinder after a while, after like a year. And I went out with him and he'd never been out with anybody from quote unquote the internet before, which I was like, I'm gonna end up in a bag in the river. <laughs> but he was super nice, he was super nervous. And his friends had kind of goaded him into getting online. And we were talking and I mentioned something about like kids being dumb or I don't know, I made some crack about like some kids I ran into being obnoxious. He's like, oh, uh, about that. I have uh, a 17 year old son. He's down in California visiting colleges right now. And he just like word vomited out that he had this kid and hadn't mentioned it before and it was hard because I'm sitting there talking to him like in a restaurant and I have no time to like process this information and the way he went about it just trying to find and I guess it's better than just like you might have just asked first to make sure he didn't have kids I guess (laughs) but it was like such a weird position to put me in and I think like that's one thing I think you should mention on your profile or at least mention kind of in chatting because it's a big deal to people, Um, especially like I'm in my now like late 20s. Um, So it's hard when people bring up, oh, yeah, I have a son you could have like technically gone to school with. Um, It's a little different. So that was kind of strange. And I wish he would have mentioned it earlier. I think giving people some space with some of that stuff is nice. Sure. <laughs> so, just with the, what we put in the profile, and you say the, the deal breakers, you know, like I take a different stance on my profile. I, I had a lot of different profiles. It, probably my most successful profile was when I was initially doing it, and it was nothing, like literally nothing. And uh, use your imagination, people. Fill in the blanks. It's very mysterious. Oh, mysterious Bill. <laughs> And I didn't really set set out for that, but um, there's a little story behind that, which I'm not. That's for a different episode. But uh, and then I had then then I had when I felt like I had to have something because I put something completely ridiculous in there, <laughs> like like beyond ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, and that one did fine. Like people either loved it or I think ran terrified the other right. direction. Uh, and but I met some of the most interesting people that I went out with that. But also I think I think. Maybe you do or don't know this about me, but apparently <laughs> in successful matches, I like a fairly high degree of crazy. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I think I, <clears throat> on a one to 10 scale, I think I like around a six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a nine, so that's a right on course. Yeah, you're you're a good crazy because it's it's predictable. I would, <laughs> I would say uh, irreverent would be a good way to call you. But you're an adult in, in the important way, so I like that. Uh, but um, I think my... And then I had like so a your really... your crazy profile fed the crazy is what you're saying. Well, I think, I think yeah, I got I got some of the dreamers. Like people people that were really like, oh, the, this guy's obviously fun. They got my sense of humor right away. Yeah. I think you would have just swept, swiped right past me. Uh, <laughs> it's just... I don't even think you would have given me a second thought. But... Um, so then I did one that was very forthright and I thought reflected 
very much who I was as a person, was went into detail about my kids. Well, kid. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and, uh, and that was probably, like, I, I thought it was a very genuine and very authentic profile. That profile is the one that did the worst. <laughs> and so then I went back to, like, the generic, uh, hey, I'm Bill, super fun, like to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like to go yeah. places and see things. <laughs> and that, I think, is the most effective is because we, I think when we look at profiles, we don't look to see oh, is this person compatible with me? We look for that fucking checklist. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, kids, out. And so I just took that stuff out. And yeah. um, once you start chatting with somebody, you're either compelling enough to meet them or you're not. Right. And I mean, it's like when I, I expanded my my geographic range that I was willing to date in too. And my rationale was like, look, if you meet the love of your life and they happen to live in Seattle, like, you can solve that problem. Yeah. Somehow you will figure it out. Right. We also have, and you did this, I did this a little bit. We live in basically a border town with Canada. So we actually get a ton of matches in Canada, which Tinder, Bumble, if you're listening, you should have some sort of switch you can flick because I was so tired yeah, that's, of matching that's with That's ridiculous. People. Both y'all should have, be able together. to say US only. <laughs> yeah. So confusing. And it was sometimes, like, I, there were at least two people. There was one, this was the worst, where um, Tinder and Bumble are both based on your location. And it's your current location, not a set location. So, like, if Bill and I both had Bumble on right now, it would say, you know, he's sitting right next to you. I had somebody who was driving from Seattle to, or, yeah, from Seattle to Vancouver. And as they were driving by, like, my town, because I live so close to the freeway, it was, like, under a mile. And I was like, oh, cool, this person looks so neat, awesome. And their profile didn't have anything about, oh, I live in Vancouver, Canada. So I matched with them, and we started chatting. We chatted for, like, a long time. And I went back and looked at his profile, and I was like, 70 miles away, where'd you go? And he's like, oh, I live in Vancouver. Didn't you know that? No. My, so my profile was worse because it, it always identifies me, and it lists my my location as Geneva. Right. Like, that's a neighborhood, and it's not even where I am. Right. It's, it's, a, it's across this big lake that, that I live next to. And so people are like, well, where's Geneva? And, like, it was good because then you already had a conversation starter. But... Irrelevant. I did, I did the, you know, like, it's great to go to Seattle because all of a sudden you're getting as many matches yeah. as you get in a month in Bellingham. Yeah. So. Lame. I do think the Canadian thing was challenging. It's actually very amusing to I took a ferry to Victoria, Canada, which is on an island, and I walked on the ferry and going through border patrol or border security when you're going on a Tinder date is top of the tops, best thing. I at some point I was like I literally asked her, Are you now border patrol or are you asking as my mother? Because I don't really know where this line of questions is going. <laughs> She's like, So you haven't met this person? I'm like, No, uh that's the whole point. I'm going to meet them right now. So like how's this gonna work? I don't know. Like that's what I'm going to find out, lady. Those border agents, they are sassy. Mind your business. A couple, a couple favorites of mine coming across the border at six in the morning, and the and the border guy is, "Why were you in Canada? Oh, I had a date." He's like, "How'd it go?" And there's just an awkward silence. <laughs> He's like, "I guess it went pretty well." I'm like, "Yeah, it went fine." Gotta go. <laughs> but they can even be they can even be sassier. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What a nightmare. Get your act together, dating apps. Yeah, in Canada. Canada. 
so nice, though. I never used my, my line. I always thought it would be funny to find out if somebody lived in Canada by saying, if I made this statement, Donald Trump is not my president, would that be a literal or a figurative statement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did try and get a couple people to let me come up and just, like, emigrate away after the election. That was my escape plan for a little while, but mm. it didn't pan out for me. Uh, <sighs> Nothing yeah. about universal health care and poutine. Yeah. Justin Trudeau. All right. Anyway, Canadian tangents aside. Um, Another thing that we've talked about some that's interesting is what age range you use when you're looking for a potential match. Um, I have always, since I started dating when I was 14, dated people that were older than me. And the older I've gotten, the wider the age gap gap has gotten. (laughs) Um, And I think for a long time... When I was meeting people not online, so organically in class or on campus or whatever, for whatever reason, I always just gravitated towards people that were like 7, 8, 9, 10, 19 years older than me. And a lot of times... 7, 8, 9, 10, 19. (laughs) I mean... But a lot of times, like, I meet them. I'm just meeting them in class. I don't know how old they are. Everybody's, you know, 20 to 30 to whatever. And... (laughs) My friends would make fun of me and, you know, same thing happened. We go out to the bars and I'd get picked up or pick up somebody that was significantly older than me. I never thought they looked significantly older than me. And at some point I started joking I was going to start IDing people. Um, But then when I started online dating, it was interesting because I got to choose. Uh, You can choose an age range of people you want to look at and you don't see anybody outside of that age range. So I set my profile for, I think the lowest it was is like, to seven years older than me and then I set it up to 20 20 years older than me oh boy. <laughs> and it was it's interesting I'm like just happy to be in the range somewhere yeah um it's interesting because I think there's a lot of stereotyping about kind of what that will look like and what that will be like um I've always been kind of an old soul and I think pretty mature for my age So I have a challenging time dating people my own age. You know, I own a home, like I bought a car, I own a motorcycle, and people are like, whoa, I live on my grandma's couch. I don't know if you're an old soul, but you're you're definitely bossy as all get up. (laughs) Yeah. That makes you seem a little bit older. Sure. You, go over there, and you pick that up. (laughs) Don't touch that. (laughs) Um, But I think it's been interesting, like trying to make sense of that for me um and I think what's also funny is within that age group like people have such a wide range of experiences and they're at such different life stages even if they're 10 years 20 years older than me um that has been particularly interesting and yeah you never know people can be old yeah I uh I had I had my age range uh set like somewhere between 10 years younger than me and then just a couple years older and I was talking to a friend of mine <clears throat> he was asking why and I said well because there's pros and cons for me when I've when I've dated younger girls like they're nice because they're not as jaded they haven't been kicked around by the world as much and a lot of times they have less or no kids which means they have more available time but the flip side is that as you go up in the age spectrum typically uh people are more measured about their responses like 
I find that younger girls like more mystery, so you have to kind of play the dating game a little bit harder. And the older girls, you can just say, hey, I like you. Why don't we date? And they appreciate that, and it doesn't have to be this big, this big mysterious thing. And I'm, I'm pretty straightforward with my communication, so I like to be more towards that end. But I find as people get older that some, sometimes uh, they lose their sort of spark or sense of fun. And I'm kind of a big kid, so I want somebody who's sassy and, and fun. So I had this friend, Myron, and Myron asked me what my age range was set to. And I said, oh, it's set down to this. And he's like, why so old? And I'm like, I like, I like the girls I need to be adults. <laughs> and he, he, he went, oh, well, this and that and the other thing. And, and I was like, for me, I really like to swipe. And so one day I lowered it way down. And I was like, I'm just going to swipe everybody. So I swiped everybody. <laughs> And then I matched two people that were significantly younger than me. And I ended up going out with both of them. And they were both nice. And the interesting thing is um, the youngest one ended up being like kind of in the middle of, and we were almost 20 years age difference between the two of us. And I found her as adult as a lot of the people that were almost the same age as me, which was interesting. And then uh, when we went out, I was really surprised because I think you have a high emotional intelligence and high intelligence in general, but I think you're adult in a lot of the ways that are, that come with a lot more experience than you have. And so that's, that's refreshing. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it's what you're comfortable with, but also that's what one thing I encourage people to kind of loosen up their ideas about. Cause I think that. Uh, especially online dating, there's a lot of room to kind of play around with that and just kind of see where it takes you. And just because you think you should date someone that's, you know, two years younger than you or two years older than you um, doesn't mean that's necessarily what's going to work. And I think people have all different age dynamics of, you know, one partner significantly younger than the other, one partner, you know, um, has been divorced, one partner hasn't you know someone has kids someone doesn't both have kids like there's just so many different dynamics and age is a really easy one to try out and see if that's just a different experience that will work better than other things have been in the past well i totally get why you end up with older guys (laughs) you think having someone else can put up with my shit (laughs) well i think you're you take up a lot of space in a relationship and to have somebody who's fairly dialed in on where they are with things I think is important and like we've talked about we both sort of struggle with that where um, sometimes our partners won't voice what their preferences are or if something that we're doing isn't working for them and later on you'll find out that they're upset about it and it's like well yeah it's it's my job to listen it's your job to say it yeah absolutely and so I think and I don't I don't know that that's I think it is generally coupled with being younger and being immature Um, I also think maturity is not necessarily linked to age. Like, that's one thing I've gotten out of dating people that are significantly older than me my whole life is, like, just because you're almost 40 doesn't mean you know anything. There's a correlation, but it's not not a direct. It's not a causation. (laughs) But I think that that communication skills, you know, get better with age, and I think you kind of find your, your path and you take it and you're further along the older you are. Um, but I think people also have room to change. And I think, 
all of it is not necessarily tied to age. I would agree. Awesome. So narrowing the field. So I mentioned, so I generally dated maybe if like I'd line up a few dates and if I found somebody interesting, I would just try and go out with them a ton and hang out with them a lot and just kind of figure out like, do I want to date this person long-term or not? I'm a serial kind of monogamous long-term relationship, pretty serious relationship person. And I just wanted to move from, okay, like we both agree we're interesting. Like, let's just do that until we're tired of that. Um, which is not everyone's bag, but I've never done, I don't think I've gone more than a year without jumping into some sort of long-term relationship. Well, I think, I think if you're still with somebody in a year, you've already hit the long-term relationship. No, I mean like I haven't gone since I was probably like 14, gone a year of being like single and just like ping-ponging around dating multiple people. Not for me. Yeah. And you just, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went, for me, it was a, it was a drastic difference because I had almost, almost like, like 18 years of going back to back long-term monogamous relationships. I had, had, um, two over three year relationships right in a row. And then, um, the woman that I ended up married and I was with her for 13 years. So almost 20 years, I wasn't really single. And you then, really went ham when you were single again. <laughs> I I didn't start out that way though. Uh, initially, it, no, I did. I didn't. It took me. It took me a little while to go crazy. <laughs> had to work. I had to Freedom! work my way up. <laughs> well, I think that's what made it so hard to find. Like I didn't. I knew some of the things that I didn't want. And I knew some of the things that I did want, and it just took me a while to sort of settle on, on some of that stuff. So, but I, tell me about your experience of what's your thought on narrowing the field? Well, I think just what I said, like I will date somebody. And if basically, if I want to go on a second date with somebody, I probably will end up dating that person. That's not really narrowing the field. That's starting out with a one person field. <laughs> I guess, but I guess I'm continuously narrowing the field. Cause I guess I make these decisions. <laughs> I make these decisions on the first date. That's not true, I guess. I've had a few people. um, I had one person that I went out with. I don't know. I think it was every Tuesday. It would be better if I could actually remember. I believe it was every Tuesday for like six weeks we went out. And we'd like make dinner together. We made pies. Like we did all kinds of weird domestic weird things. Made tacos. Those were great. Um, And then something happened. And then he completely vanished off the face of the earth. And your signature move. Yeah, that's my signature move. He stole (laughs) my signature move. But that was the first time that I'd been out with someone for more than like a month. And then they were just like, never mind. You're weird. I'm not talking to you ever again, (laughs) which was rude. Um, But I think that was the only person where I didn't make a decision within like two dates about whether or not I wanted Mm. to keep seeing them. Yeah, for me, the process is a little simpler. I, I like to go out a couple times a week. And so before I'll have a conversation about, you know, because you're getting to the define the relationship portion. DTRT. For me, like, well, I've, I've only had one girlfriend. Yeah. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> yeah. Post-divorce. Post-divorce. And uh, other than that, like, it was, it was, you know, being exclusive, like, 
if I'm not seeing that person a couple times a week, like I think I feel like that's what it takes to to build a closer relationship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you first start dating somebody, everybody's busy and this and that and the other thing. And it's just like, okay, I don't want I don't want to talk about being exclusive if we can't make time to get together a couple times a week. Yeah, I think it's that's another of my signature moves. If it goes well, I just move in. Like three dates in, <laughs> just pick a drawer, <laughs> bring my stuff over, never leave. That's not true, but. It's a little true. <laughs> you go all in. Yeah. I think for me, like, I I settle in really quickly um, if I see a match. And that's not to say that that person can't just pull the kind of ripcord and leave at any time. Or I can't do that. Um, but I think I, I like stability. I like routine. I like seeing people a lot. Um, so I don't know that I do well with, like, waiting around for a while. And we talked about being exclusive. I went back and looked at our text. It was very early on. <laughs> I was like, okay, so yeah, what are we I, doing I here? Knew, I knew I liked you, but um, it definitely was like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, that was uh, one of the first times I've actually had to have that conversation. I think in a lot of people's minds it's always assumed um but you talked a lot about how much you dated and how many people you dated so i was like i better make sure i figure this out or i'm gonna get annoyed and i think like i don't i don't do well um i think if everything's still casual and you're still getting to know each other i you know it's whoever's business um and i think you know people have different levels of comfort with different relationship dynamics i'm a pretty jealous person like I would not do well in an open relationship or a poly relationship because I don't like to share (laughs) so I think at some point like I start getting annoyed and need to know kind of where things are headed and need to know what the other person's thinking and feeling I've got my my bill user manual and I pull out different pages for what I feel like the the girl needs to hear in that moment (laughs) As it relates to me, like, for instance, if I go out, sometimes I go out with a girl and, like, they feel, I'm skittish. Mm-hmm. And so if they're too uh, clingy right off the bat, I will fire a warning shot about it. And my warning shot sounds a little bit like this, you know, let's, I don't like to put a lot of pressure on anything. Let's go out just with the goal of having a good time. If it goes well, let's do it again. Simple as that. And then when we start talking about like exclusivity and that kind of thing, I think the big thing for me is I don't want to feel like I ended up there because I was pressured into it. So if somebody starts talking to me about that, I immediately push back and say, I, I, I will approach this in my own timetable. Um, but also sometimes girls don't want to, they want to be, um, they don't want to be intimate with more than one person. And for me, a few times that's happened where I say we don't have to be intimate anymore, but I'm not ready for the boyfriend girlfriend thing yet. Cause when, when I pick it, I want it to be because I was ready for it. Not because the other person was ready. And I said, yes. Right. And I think a lot of, um, this conversation for me anyway, and I think this is how it worked out for us is, you know, I want to have the conversation when I want to have the conversation. And if it's something I need to do for me, that's fine. And if I have, some idea of like what I want and what I want to say, 
you know, I need to say those things. I need to make those decisions, but I can't expect you to feel the same way or have any sort of like positive reaction to that conversation. Um, I think it's good to get clarity. And I think if you feel the need to ask those questions, you should. Um, and you I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think you should leave it in a gray area if that's making you at all uncomfortable. But I also like that it, the, the way you're talking about it is a discussion rather than like an ultimatum would, would be like the worst thing for me if somebody's like, well, sure. we have to be exclusive. I would have been like, uh, well, no, thank you. I'm not your, I'm not your fella. But I, I think, I, did I describe it to you? Something like, you know, like when you first start dating somebody, it's like, it's like everything's like a river. It's like this flood and everything's going down the river. And now for my life, I want things to be intentional, which means not just, I'm in the river and the river's going that direction. So I'm going to pick these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in some respects, I'm, you know, because I have a child I'm picking for two and I, you know, have to be, I feel like I have to be a little bit uh, more mindful of that just because, just because of that. So definitely, you know, I'm not shopping for a new mom for my kid, but, um, I definitely want to, that as part of it, somebody who's going to be a positive impact and is not going to be Cruella DeVille. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. I do think that um, one thing that's hard in new relationships is kind of matching that pace and matching those expectations. But I think that the way you handle those conversations and the way those discussions happen is really indicative of like what's to come and what will be harder conversations. Um, And I think I learned a lot having those conversations with you and kind of letting you lie with that information. And I think it took a couple days between like some of the asks that I had and you kind of went away and thought about it and came back and had answers and that was fine. And I'm not a patient person at all, but I knew I needed to ask and I knew you weren't going to have an immediate answer for me. And that's been how everything has gone since then. <laughs> I ponder big decisions, especially when I have to feel like I, I, I'm going to potentially disappoint somebody. And I read a pretty nice book on negotiation. And the thing that I took away that I thought was the best thing is he said that the um, the number one reason that negotiations fail is because one party is moving too much faster than the other party. And uh, I don't remember the name of the book, but uh, I think the guy's name was Stuart Diamond that wrote the book. Anyway, so what he was saying is approach your agenda gently. And I was having somebody tell me today that they've been seeing somebody for a month and a half and it's a gal. And uh, after she'd had a couple drinks, she brought up the boyfriend, girlfriend talk, and then she's feeling guilty about it. And I was trying to say, I don't think there's any reason that that's, that's what's going on with you. Like that's, that's the thing in your mind is, is the relationship. And I think that bringing it up is awesome and you shouldn't feel guilty about that. And I think as long as you don't make it an ultimatum or a thing where you're pressuring, you're giving that other person, this is what's important to me and giving them time to spin up to it versus demanding an instant answer. And if you can do that, you've got a much better chance to, to get a favorable answer than if you scare them away. Agreed. But I think at the end of the day, if you have the DTRT, as I like to refer to it, the define the relationship talk, and you can't get the answer you're looking for and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, you have to be able to walk away. You have to say, like, this is not what I want. And and obviously goes, that that should be something that's established. It goes with anything, 
anything that you have a need for in your life, not just with relationships, but if you have a need that needs to be met and the person you're doing that with is not meeting that need, then they're not the right person. Like if, if that's a, if that's a deal breaker need is to be intimate with only one person and they want to be poly, then you've got yourself a deal breaker. Yeah. And I think that that, that really is like one of the first, can be one of the first like hard conversations in a lot of relationships is what that's going to look like in the timeline for that. So which funny listener story are we telling? Yeah. So we have a story. Thank you for emailing this in. So this is from a friend named Nancy. So she says, a few years ago, I moved to a new town kind of on a whim and without really knowing anyone there. I decided I would download some dating apps to meet people. Well, this one guy kept messaging me like five to seven messages a day. Oof, red flag, Nancy. Yeah, fellas. Don't do that. One message. Or anybody. If she doesn't respond, you can potentially send one a little bit later, but preferably preferably like at least a week later. Give her, give her some time because it's possible. I've had those where she was just busy, but more than one message in one day, quit it. Just yeah. walk away from the keyboard. Yes. Okay. Fast forward to a year and a half later, freshly out of a breakup, I decided, why the hell not? Let's download some apps. Immediately, I matched with this person again, although at the time, I wasn't sure it was the same person because it was a different app. He actually, he had actually gone out with a friend of mine, and she was pretty confident I would hit it off with him, and we had a great, and we would have a great time. His day suggestion, getting stoned and going to a gun range. I couldn't believe how stupid his suggestion was, so I just avoided replying to it. Well, history has a way of repeating itself, and this time he, he had my cell phone number, so I was getting double time of emails, texts, and calls. I'm talking like I would respond to a text, and within seconds he had responded multiple times with a few, well, I guess you're busy, I guess you don't care, thrown in for extra dramatics. At the time, I had purchased a fixer-upper by myself, and he kept making these sexist comments about how I needed a man to help me with the house, and that women shouldn't have to fix things like plumbing. Wrong. Well, he should be dating you. Not, not true. <laughs> This was after I had explained to him how proud of my house I was and of myself of learning everything. Eventually, without meeting him, I said, thanks, but no thanks, which is when all hell broke loose. For the next two weeks, I woke up to messages of him calling me a slut, crazy whore, and ex explanations of how I would never meet anyone else. It got so bad that my friend ended up messaging him and asking him to stop, which he replied, you're such a nice person, I don't understand how you could be friends with a terrible person like her. I had to block him, but not before I screenshotted everything and had a laugh with my friends. The best part is he moved into my neighborhood, so I had to spend the next year pretending not to know him when I saw him places. Well, Nancy, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I'm sorry. But thank you for sending in your story. Um, for anyone else, if you want to send good, bad, otherwise, it's hello at we'renotexperts.com. You can also find us on Instagram, we're not experts, and we have a website, www.we'renotexperts.com. But going back to the story, <laughs> I think it's so important. Bad. I think it's important just to call out how bad that is. That is the worst behavior. Yeah. Don't suggest weird date ideas like that. Like well, shooting guns while we're gonna, you're high. We're, fellas, we're going to talk about date ideas on a later podcast. And we'll have some, some slightly better than gun ranges and getting stoned. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's your target audience. But you should definitely know that your potential date is really into gun ranges and getting stoned. Before... Also, that sounds unsafe. Maybe do the gun range, then get stoned? That seems like the best mode of... I think either one of them is a really bad idea now yeah. that you say that. Yeah. Let's just yeah. eject that whole plan. Yeah. It's 
movies, gun ranges, getting stoned. Probably Bad first date. First date ideas. Yes. Oof. Also, just don't stalk people. That's what she's describing. Don't do that. Don't harass people. If yeah. they don't want to go out with you, leave them alone. We don't have to bully people into liking us. Yeah, That's generally the, not the a good idea. There's a difference between waiting patiently. We just had dinner with some of your friends who one of them waited a year to start dating someone. That's a while to wait. There's a difference between waiting patiently and stalking someone repeatedly in a day. Yeah, I've been... Three months, I think, was the longest I waited for somebody to come around. And yeah, she she told me we were messaging, and and she told me that um, she got overwhelmed by the number of responses she got. And three months later, I sent a second email and said, just wondering how things are going for you. We we ended up exchanging a few emails around then, and I just said, wondering how things are going for you. Have you been on any dates? And she wrote, I have been, and I'm glad you messaged. Let's go out on a date. And so we did, and we dated for a while. So it can happen. But probably if I'd sent her an email calling her a slut or (laughs) something like that, it wouldn't have worked out as well. No. No, I doubt that. Well, thank you for the story. Um, We look forward to more stories. Again, it's hello at wearenotexperts.com. Thank you for listening to episode three. We look forward to seeing you on episode four. Also, a quick note, we've had several questions. Yes, Bill did do the intro and outro music. He recorded it. So here we go. Here's the outro music. Yeah. Oh, you know when it feels right. You know when we got it tight. Cause when it's here, it's here. When it's gone, it's